And welcome back to the Off the Clock Show. You're joined once again with hosts Sean Gervais from the Orbisex CRM, as well as Marshall Hill from the Pints Policy Podcast, as well as Hyperclean Car Care Productos. That's right. Worldwide. Don't mind me. Just eating some uh, tilapia ceviche. Holy sh- Jesus, man. Look at you all sophisticated mm. and shit. God damn. Well, good. <laughs> well, the guy's here. We, yeah, he yeah. cooks a lot, so we talk about food. And he's like, hey, I'm going to bring you some. I'm like, great. Damn, game on. What? I brought it in today, and I'm like, I've been chowing down on it. Like, that's awesome. Fresh damn. tilapia, you know, then all the other fun stuff that goes with it. And, Holy shit. Yeah. Man, that's amazing. Got a little kick to it. So I'm going to be uh, enjoying some Tank 7. Ooh, okay. Damn. Now, Tank 7 is interesting. I had it yesterday on our episode. I love Tank 7. It's one of my all-time favorite beers. Uh, bought the hat when I went to Boulevard. Damn. You no, know, like, love the right. beer. Because, and I confirmed with, you know, you go around and do those tours. You ever done a beer tour? Yeah. I did one. We had to go in, on like trolleys and all kinds of shit. Like we we're going different places. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild, man. Yeah, those yeah. are fun. So we did that, and then uh, we did where you can go two breweries and just tour that one brewery. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. And so then we did the Boulevard tour, and which is awesome. If you're in Kansas City, anybody in in that area, like definitely sure. go check out Boulevard. Cool place. Uh, and love the story of being a craft beer maker. That then, you know, that's that's how they started. And that's who they were, was craft, you know, very yeah, specific. Yeah. Well, Tank 7 is a, a beer that happened by mistake. Oh, shit. Yeah. No way. They, they messed up something inside the pump or something they were saying. I don't remember during the... I made sure to ask the tour guide. He's like, yeah, wow, yeah. nobody's really ever asked that. But it is true. Uh, they messed up something during the brew and they were about to throw it away. But somebody tried it. And, and they were uh, like, they were whoa, like, whoa, whoa, stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, man. And they didn't amazing. know what else to call it. And so yeah. they said, no, it's got to be called Tank 7. That's the tank that messed up. Oh, shit. That's well, wicked, man. Isn't it? See, yeah. See, look at that story. See, that right there. Your story, right? Like, fuck, man. That's amazing, yeah. man. Yeah. You almost want to mess up sometimes in business to come up with those kind of things. Yeah. Hmm. Man, that's that's wicked though. I love stories mm-hmm. like that too, man. Like the, uh, it, you know, there's so many of them out there, and great businesses do a good job of telling them as well, which I think is is important. You know, there's even the most boring businesses. Like you, I'm trying to think of something offhand that's super boring, but man, there's there's boring ones out there. But they, if you dig deep, you know, they got some pretty cool stories. Like, well, even you know the Mars chocolate bars and stuff. You know, like they, um, it's a chocolate bar. Like, how interesting could that get? You know um but uh man the founder like there was one christmas they had messed something up there was like a wrapper or something that was misaligned or something on the shipment that was supposed to go out and he basically assembled everybody together got them all together and he said no listen he says uh i know it's christmas day but we're all meeting up and he he had flown in and he said this is not the kind of thing that leaves our facility so he said redo the whole batch so they redid everything and um you know anyway I'm butchering the story, but there, there was more to it than that. But he, he basically, they broke that down. And it, it came to be part of their whole quality control side of things and how much like everyone, even from the top down, um, cares about like the full presentation of things and what their customers expect. And it's just these random little stories, you know, that uh, they all become part of company. But 
any any company, no matter what you're doing, you might think, oh, you know, I'm just cleaning cars, I'm just detailing cars, whatever. But uh, it guaranteed you've got some stuff that happens. You've got your own Tank Seven. You know, that's uh, man, man, that's wicked though. Fuck that's yeah. cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Me drinking something less exciting, but still cool. Uh, so this is a vodka. It's the a bison one. We talk about that this. one's even more exciting. Zubrauka. Zubrauka. Yeah. I'm probably butchering that, but bison grass and inside is cool. is part of the bison's testicle. It's part crazy. Of the bison's testicle, part of the scrote. Yeah, right there. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> no, like I said earlier, I think it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's supposedly the bison grass, but you might be right. It might be just the part that you know tightens up when he gets you know when he sees the sees a female. <laughs> How's it feel to be uh, drinking bison? You know, it's got a kick to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, i, I want to say it's smooth but it's probably not <laughs> it's actually delicious and uh but they've got a cool story too as i, I told you before they um they market themselves in a different way there's a lot of bison vodka. pissed on this grass it, exactly put it in for you that's their story exactly. just be, that's what gives it the, the kind of yellow tinge <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but man it gets the job done that's it <laughs> jesus oh man mm. it is delicious but i like vodkas i wouldn't say i'm a connoisseur like i can't tell the difference between you know if i was blindfolded i couldn't be like oh yeah that's a you know that's gray goose and oh that's a you know I, I just i'm not to that level by any means however um i'm not a huge fan of some vodkas because of the almost a like clinical tasting you know like it's just it almost just you, just too much the alcohol taste you know, it's like isopropyl alcohol or something, just right down the hatch. Uh, but these guys took a different approach. And so they have like an infused one. Um, oh, this is all in French because it was from the, the Gatineau side. I can't read this properly, but vodka amortise. I don't know. It's am, amor. What is it in English? Where it's like uh, aromatic, aromatic, where it's like the smells and the scents and stuff. So it's infused. That's what it is. Infused. Uh, my last name is French, but I don't speak French. So it's infused and uh, it gives it a really nice taste, but they they market it to a very specific demographic and they don't focus on their price points or anything like that. They more just focus on the story behind it, why they make it, you know, their their purpose, who it's for, so on and so forth. And so because of that, hugely successful, they sell thousands and thousands of bottles of this stuff. Uh, but it's it's all because of the demographic they're going after and the story behind it and it's it's not a, a mess up or oh, maybe it is a mess up maybe some guy was making a batch and a bison you know took a took a healthy piss in his back i have no idea <laughs> so it's maybe not the same story as tank seven but it's uh it's unique and I, I find that there's certain industries where you can draw a lot of inspiration from and a great one like ever since i was a kid my mom she was always in business and then when i started my first businesses she always told me she said follow certain industries and look for their inspiration she said like car companies traditionally are horrible at, at ads they've gotten a lot better but they're they're not as good as uh you know like beer companies beer companies have some phenomenal ones you know well Obviously. because they can't drink during them so they have to put you in some type of right they <laughs> this is true. yeah <laughs> they're forced into it yeah this is true this is true and uh and so for those reasons but that's where if you you know follow certain industries you can get a lot of inspiration you can kind of tweak that for your own you know marketing and strategies and so that's what we try and do it's it's a fine line i find between uh, getting the information across and comedy you know it's a, like think of your best teachers you ever had in school they were probably 
slightly funny here and there, but then they also delivered, you know, good content effectively, quickly, you know, in ways you could digest it. Uh, the bad teachers were the ones that were just, you know, monotone. They just, it was like they were reading from a script and just delivering the information. Like that's, that's what I see out there a lot is ads that are like that, you know, it'll just be a massive like car detailing and then like clean wheels, clean steering wheel, clean this, clean that. And I'm like, fuck man, I assume if you're cleaning the car, you're cleaning all that stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like relax. And so I find that that's, what's out there though. is just these like bullet points. And then people will say things like, you know, uh, Oh, you know, my ads aren't working well or something like that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, of course not. They're garbage, you know. And so you're going to do a lot better. There was one I saw recently, actually. Hats off to this guy Timothy. He's a member of the group as well. He took a before and after of uh, two steering wheels. One was clean, and the other one was just filthy, right? And uh, just by looking at it, I knew too. I was like, that's got to be like an 06 camera. Just by looking at it, I just knew. And you look at the steering wheel, and he just made it clean. And his headline for his ad was, "Human beings are gross." That's when he started it. He was like, he's like, think about all the germs on your hands, you know? And he's like, we can wipe away years of gross. And I was like, fuck, man, hats off, man. That's it. Like, the, the ad mentioned nothing about, like, I'm getting my wheels cleaned, nothing about the, the shine or the sparkle I'm going to have, none of that stuff. You know what I mean? It's just focused on a very specific problem that you know everyone that touches a steering wheel is going to have. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I've seen people in traffic picking their nose and I'm like, see, that's why I don't like buying used cars. <laughs> that's, that's the reason. So then here's the rub, right? And I, I know you were going to bring one before the other, but let's just go into it. Cause I couldn't wait. <laughs> so here's the rub with, with that of, and it, you're right. It's absolutely an incredible way of marketing telling the story of dirty to clean. Mm-hmm. You know, you got this other question. What was the other question? So we make sure we get it right. The, oh, the... Uh, oh, has anyone else branded themselves? It was from another Orbisex member. Branded themselves as the most expensive shop in town. Uh, and so and specifically in this case, the most expensive. Hold on, I'll get that. So, so great, right? Oh, no, just most expensive your... shop in the area. Yeah. Brand yourself the most expensive shop in the area. Mm-hmm. And then let's take a look at, I know these are two different people. So I just want to take, different look at the spectrum, which is why I wanted to do it, right? So ah, smart. Yeah. it is great marketing to tell that story of dirty to clean. Yeah, absolutely. How do you brand yourself as being the most expensive? Well, you don't talk to people who have dirty steering wheels. Let's start there. <laughs> That's a very good point. If you got flies in your business, it's because your marketing's a pile of so if I've got people coming in and we hear this nonstop about, oh man, people's cars. Oh man, these people are nasty. Like, oh man, I spent, right. Mm. And it's all this over marketing and talking to people with nasty, dirty. Uh, listen, we've had, we've had people here uh, inside of our group at uh, HyperClean yeah. inside of our community of having a customer that, you know, for two months didn't wash their car. And then wondered why once they did wash it, why the coating allowed some stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, dude, you abused. Neglect yeah, yeah. is a form of abuse. <laughs> so you just go to that guy that had that as a customer and go, how'd you get that customer? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, 
you know, is at work and, you know, we have all these problems here at work. And so, you know, I sold them a coating. Hmm. Sold them a coating. Hmm. They abused okay. it, thought they could get whatever. And it's like, huh, mm. how do you get customers that give you crap? How do you give customers that don't understand? Do you want customers with dirty steering wheels? Mm. Right? Like a lot of the yeah. problems that we see arise later, you know, and we'll hear people complaining about things. You look back and you go, well, you attracted that customer to your business by having a dirty steering wheel, by going to the eyes, person yeah. who has the nasty car and saying, hey, I can code it and it will be magically cured for X amount of time. Yeah. Right? Like, how do we get there? Yeah. So. It all goes back get, to what you're you putting know, out there is what you're going to get right back. It's a boomerang, right? <laughs> Throw it out there. Comes right back. Now, I will say at my shop, I absolutely love the dirty cars oh my god um first off there's so many more of them <laughs> that's one thing i love because we're high volume shop but that being said we are very strategic with our other services i know that that guy we're gonna have a hard time the guy with the 06 camry we're gonna have a hard time selling him on like paint protection film for his vehicle you know what right. i mean it's and and i'm right i used to have a car wash i'm a i'm a yeah. volume guy myself yeah, Most yeah. people that are in detailing, though, they don't they don't want to be volume, right? Spend whole day on a car, it's perfect. It's yeah, it's true. There are different segments, and that's where for those guys, if they're doing the same type of ads they see elsewhere, you're going to attract those kind of customers, and you're literally building the business you don't want. Bingo! The steering wheel guy yeah. is what you should do. Mm -hmm. Thousand percent. That's why I fell in love with it. I was like. I'm using that. <laughs> like but the guy in a shop with maybe one person or two people, which is really a, a great level for many of the listeners and 100%. much of the industry to even have a team member, right? Yeah, it's two true. team members. Yeah. Those people are still not, you really aren't trying to go after people with dirty steering wheels. No, definitely <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, you're absolutely right. They want the, and as they should, they want the maintenance client. They want the guy that's going to see them all the time. The guy that even when he first brought the vehicle, it wasn't in that bad shape, you know, and now you just maintain. And or they're not dirty. There's yeah. a class of people that just aren't dirty. It's hard to understand. I was trying not to go there. <laughs> it's hard but to understand yeah. because most of us go look inside of our cars. And I'm pointing, right? I got all yeah. fingers pointed right at me. Yeah, yeah. I have customers that I literally... I've never understood. I won't see their car for a week, two weeks. And I'm like, did you, how, I can barely even see anything on here, but they're like, yeah, I drove it every day. I'm like, there's just some people that is weird. They just don't attract dirt. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, it's true though. <laughs> I do. And my, my floorboard, you can tell. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know why. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I think it's there's part of and you, you're going after this question. Let's transition over to that question. How do I brand myself as the most expensive shop? We'll get into the actual dynamic of that question. But let me say this for a second. You've got to think about and this will be part of when I go into my talk later about thinking or envisioning and dreaming and all that. Like, who is the person that you really want? You want somebody that actually isn't they value clean. 
Like mm-hmm. part of themselves yeah. is clean, not dirty. Yeah. Like you don't want your own self as a customer. Yeah, yeah. You don't. We're <laughs> dirty, most of us, right? Like yeah, you yeah. find the guy yeah. that is exceptionally pristine and clean and believes in cleanliness, whether that's clean, sh- you know, around the hair, right? It could be yeah. different. There things. are signs. Yep. There are there's definitely watches, signs. There's, there's cars, there's, but it's not just yeah. a type of car. It's not just, a, could be to your point where we talked about clothing. It, yeah. it might not be necessarily just a brand. It could mm. be the way that they look in the brand, the cleanliness of them. Yeah. You can find, and I love finding people from other parts of the country that, you know, we'll see here in Oklahoma, California people have a different look than we do. Yeah, and yeah. even if they're dressing in all black and gray and running that style of, you know, this look, there's certain parts of some of them, right? You can just tell. Yeah. yeah. Right? Some are, and then some you go, okay, all right. I like, he's got this press. This is clean. All right. And you can kind of start looking at the way people dress themselves to understand what level they are in, what their mind is thinking. That's true. Yeah. Those are the people you want to attract. So yeah. go to that question of most expensive. What is the problem with trying to say most expensive? The most expensive, yeah. My my issue with it is, um, and, and first off, great to be thinking about your business. Uh, let me start there. Great to be thinking about how can I change my business? Because obviously, you know, this person, uh, I, I know he is he's in the group and he uh, he listens as well, which is great. I think it's great to take some time to think about your business and say, is it what I want it to be? And if it's not start to think outside the box or start to even just think about where do I want it to go? So that's a great step in the right direction. My issue with the most expensive side is it puts too much focus on the price and no focus at all on the value that you're bringing to the customer or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And so let me throw this word instead of value quality. Quality. There you go. Yeah, the quality. Because I would rather, if I was like for our ceramic and PPF stuff, for example, we go after more quality customers. Bingo. That's, that's what we want. The steering wheel guy wants value. Yes, he wants value. The upper the people, it's shop. not value, it's quality. Yes, exactly. And so to get those quality customers, we have to present the quality. Most of them aren't even too concerned with price. Um, so I, I, we have a store here in Nordstrom. I did a sort of little test like the clothing line nordstrom yeah yeah of course oh yeah i haven't worn nordstrom in a long time i used to love Nordstrom. oh yeah man high quality clothing Mm -hmm. very high quality clothing and the people that shop there it's not just your average person right so i took a day threw on my auto world shirt went outside of there with a clipboard because it's just in the mall so i'm allowed to just stand there and as long as i'm not there all day i'm not going to get you know like booted out or something and I just waited for people to come out. And I said, hey, I need 10 seconds of your time. We're doing a quick survey. We have a detail shop that's about six or seven uh, miles down the road. And we're just curious about, you know, the type of shoppers that we have in the mall today. Uh, I have three questions. I asked them three questions. Number one was, what kind of car do you drive? Second one was, what would you rather? And it was golf, scuba diving, or puzzles. And I know that might sound crazy to throw that out there, but there was a reason later for our ads. And then the third question was married or single? That was it. We asked those three questions. I already knew gender and I guessed kind of at the age, right? So I didn't have to waste time like, and how old are you, sir? You know what I mean? 
the, nobody the wants less, to answer that anyway. Exactly. And the less personal things, especially because there was actually a lot of females that were shopping there for their husbands, right? No, don't, oh. So, so what did you say? I said, yeah, and they definitely don't want to be asked. Oh, yeah, about they age. definitely. Yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. If anything, in those instances, just because I'm like a personal guy, I would make jokes. You know, I'd be like, and under age 26, you know? <laughs> you know, because it was usually women, you know, like 45 plus that were shopping there for their husbands, things like that. Um, but the results were pretty interesting. And surprisingly, we changed a lot of our ads with the imagery that we use for certain things based on those surveys I did. It wasn't just there. I went to a few other stores and hung out there as well, things like that. Um, but interestingly enough, as much as I don't like this particular brand of vehicle, Audi was the, the most common uh, result back. And, uh, you know, probably had to do with a, a bunch of factors, but for whatever reason, that's what it was. And so, you know, determined based on that, the majority were SUVs. There was no surprise there, really. Um, but it was it was an interesting experiment to do. And it was those kind of people, they were sold the quality from even the car that they drove, from the clothing that they were buying. Like, shit, man, some of the scarves there, like just a scarf. $600 sometimes, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, you're getting a certain kind of clientele there, but it doesn't mean they're all driving Lambos. So if we were to go put out a bunch of ads now with Lambos, we weren't going to get those clients. If we were to put a bunch of dirty cars with dirty steering wheels, we weren't going to get those clients because that client is going to be how you described it, where their car after even a month is probably going to just have a little bit of dirt in it. It's going to look almost like when it left your shop last time, but they're still going to want to clean. To them, it's going to feel different, right? So they, they're they coming for a different thing. But most of them, it was targeting for ceramic coatings, PPF, things like that. Uh, but it's it goes back to the, do you want to be the most expensive? For those other services, we weren't the cheapest in town. We don't want to be the cheapest in town for those services because it's a different style of service. For the, the guys that are coming in volume, they just want the you know their cars filthy. Those guys, all we have to do is sell them on the steering wheel. Because literally, if we clean their steering wheel and send them home, they're going to be happy as shit because it's so much better than what it was before. But it's not going to work for those, you know, the people that were shopping at Nordstrom. It's just not going to work. You know, they're looking for something different. And that's where I would stay away from focusing on the price side. Just like I wouldn't push yourselves as being the cheapest. I also wouldn't push yourselves as being the most expensive. I would say you're getting the best quality from the best team that's out there. And I would limit it into that sort of realm whenever I'm putting out my marketing. So what is brand? For me, everything in your business, really. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's stop there. Because sure. I'm with you. Branding is how you're known. So how you're known is done by everything in your business. Yeah. This is always the, the fun part, right? Like... I want to be this, but I don't really want to do this. Mm. Let me, let me break it down. All right. I want to be branded as the most expensive. And I don't know this guy. I, I don't know his shelf, but I imagine if I look in his cabinet, I imagine he doesn't have all high quality products on his shelf. Mm. Now, maybe he and some others will go, Oh, but I, you know, and they'll fill in the blank. I use this because it's, I can get it in five gallons and I, you know, it because there's, I can, and then what are they going to say? Cause then it's the wow. better price, right? Brock, then it's the better, it's, yeah. it's never the best quality. Yeah. 
you're always wanting, okay, I can go and they'll start it. This is what's fun to joke around about and have a laugh, right? Love these YouTubers, these social media guys. These, I'm going to Walmart and I'm going to tell you what not to buy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> to the next level of, hey, I'm using this company that, you know, their dad started it making car wash products and then they just had to sell because they actually didn't have any money. And, you know, we use them and we love them. Oh, because you buy it in yeah. five gallons? Yeah, they're professional. Yeah, yeah. Are they? It comes in quantity, not quality. It's just, it's quantity? Yeah. I'm pretty sure this company yeah. just had to sell. So exactly, yeah. Are we sure about they are great for the detailer? They are yeah. probably a car wash brand for the people that want to be in the steering wheel group. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? Yeah. All good. Not all good. Oh, yeah. The stuff we use on those cars at our shop, it's not top shelf. That's for sure. But it's stuff that gets the job done. But then we do have stuff like we have we have some guys that come in literally in front of them. We open a brand new pack of microfibers because that's what they want. They and that's what they're they know us for. And they come in and then we're like, oh, in which color would you like today? Da -da -da. And we have the blue ones, the yellow ones, and they choose and they'll open it up right there. There's something that comes with that for them. They're like, oh, this has never touched another surface before. You There's know? something that translates to high quality people. And they just yeah. know it without even having to say anything. They can yeah. look at you, A, yeah. off of the way you're, not the brand, just the way you're dressed, your yep. cleanliness, then the products that you use. Yeah. Right? Now you go, oh, people don't know the names, and I agree. Most people don't know names of products, and it's not about that. Mm -hmm. It's once they talk to you about things, right? Yeah. That comes out in your subconscious, comes out in the way you talk. Right. Yeah. Comes out in the nonverbal communication that you I was about off. to say that one actually, because especially if you're using products that you know aren't top shelf, you likely aren't gonna even mention anything about them. And so it just it's a void in the conversation, you know. Bingo. Versus if it is something you, you know, it's gonna be something that's mentioned. And the story mm. isn't, hey, yeah, and we use da 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 da, right? Because that's where we go back to that part about. Hey, most people don't know brands, <laughs> like, list, yeah, right? yeah. Like, but there's a reason, right? There's a reason I buy craft beer, mm. right? I value somebody taking the time to be more specific around a, an ale and around, yeah. a, you know, a, a, a hop. They, they can shake, take these different hops and make this different flavor. The big yeah. guys don't do that. They don't craft it out. It's more yeah. volume and price. Exactly. Standardized, so, just pump it out, whatever. Yeah. Having something like that, that somebody sees with you, right? Association of your belief system. Yeah. High quality people will pick this stuff out subconsciously because it's the way they are. So yeah. stuff that you wear, the products that you use because you're going to talk about them in a way of telling the story of why you believe in craft products and what yeah. they do for this customer's vehicle while you use them. And then it's also then the combination of communication yeah. that comes from Morbus X, the dialogues that go back and forth from the customer to 
AI can a lot of times then talk back and forth for you or, you know, address, you know, hey, you, we got this opening coming up. You know, we know that you have this type of car and we haven't seen you in X amount of time. This is your spot to be able to go in. What does all that together do? It doesn't talk to steering wheel guy. Yeah. It talks true. to the yeah. Audi guy who then goes in to be the Porsche guy and whose wife has a Mercedes. Yep. Now you can exactly. kind of start to see it go together. Yeah. You become the most expensive. It's not about being the most expensive. It's about putting together your whole brand is quality. Yeah. The entire image. You know, it's, it's a funny thing because I so our printing shop, we print a shit ton of business cards. And I hear the same thing from people all the time. Ah, oh, yeah, but who uses business cards anymore? And the thing is this, right? I know 99% of customers that you hand a business card to, they're going to do what? Toss it away. Some of them might cut it up and use it for the filter on a joint. Who knows? <laughs> but reality is it's not it's likely not going in the Rolodex, okay? <laughs> Let's just be honest. Well, we don't However, have Rolodexes anymore. Yeah, this is my point, exactly, because people toss them. <laughs> but here's the thing. We still give out cards, and the reason is because we get really high-quality printed cards, okay? Even to the cheap guys, we give it to them because most of them, at some point, will change because a lot of them, they're younger people, that at our shop anyways, I don't know what your demographic is, you know, other people's shops, but we know like we get a lot of Uber drivers, a lot of students, things like that. They come in. Eventually, one of them might become somebody. They might be someone that shops at Nordstrom and marries someone and buys an out. Who knows? Right. But the point is, every customer that comes in, we give them a business card, but it's a really nice feeling, high quality business card. We know they're going to toss it, but it's one element of our entire brand. So we create that quality feel in every step that we do. Same thing why, you know, we mark down people's birthdays and then we send them something on their birthday. We call them. It's, it's all these little steps that we do for certain tiers of clients because we don't do it for everybody. If it's, we definitely look at our customer list and we take a look at who we should send a birthday gift to, or maybe that one's just a phone call, who knows? But my point is, is that we have all these touch points with customers that create that expensive feel by building the quality and so we don't have to mention anything about price we don't have to let them know that it's more luxurious than some other shop or it's more this or more that we don't have to do any of that stuff but we put the focus where it's needed and so like i've said this many times our shop floors haven't been done since we took over the building no intention of doing them customers don't go back there i don't really care what it looks like back there we focus on all the other finer touches, the, the chocolate on the pillow, that kind of stuff, you know, because that's all those little, you know, points and interactions with the customer. That's what makes a big difference. Like Orbis X is an amazing product on its own. But what makes it truly amazing is when people have the interactions with myself or with Calvin or with Jeff, and they have these interactions and all these little touch points. That's what creates the whole brand. And people are like, holy shit, like, this is amazing. I got customer service at 2 a.m. or oh man, I asked for something and the next morning, Sean put it in. It's, it's all those little things that make people realize the quality of the whole product. It's not just, oh, here's a product I, I just sell to the masses. It's so much more than that. And that's what you can do with your own you know, detailing shop as well is you can create that value in a positive direction, not value as in we're the most economical. So I think it's, it's good to look at things 
in terms of I need to make a change, but I think trying to be the most expensive and, and it was probably just a starting point, I'm sure for a conversation, deeper conversation. But I think that uh, definitely if it, if it was me and I was trying to restructure things, I would focus just like you said, more on building that quality and getting that message across to customers. And then you're going to end up becoming the most expensive shop in town because your, your customers are going to, you know, you're going to have so much demand from high quality customers delivering that quality is going to cost more for them in, in order to get a, a booking with you basically. Um, so that's, yeah. Price yourself into the market in the positive way. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good way to word that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that uh, that's key though. And so I'm going to jump into something real quick because I'm listening to a lot of uh, some YouTube stuff. I went down a whole rabbit hole. Holy shit. Uh, I went down this rabbit hole that started with blue LED lights and how we invented those or how they were invented by this Japanese guy. And he spent a, an entire year after he got laid off, he spent a whole year working on it and uh, persevered every day, just got up and he, he worked on it from like 6 a.m. He had breakfast and then he worked on it till 11 p.m. at night for an entire year straight. And he finally had some breakthroughs, went to his boss and said, hey, listen, I, I you know, I, I want to come back and restart this project. I know all the other companies in the world bailed on making a blue LED. They wasted millions and millions of dollars. I feel like we can, you know, do this now. Uh, so he, he convinced his boss to give him a cash injection. He bought some equipment and he spent the, you know, significant more time doing it. Uh, finally he made it. And that's why we have all these wonderful things like, uh, you know, TV screens and cell phones and all this kind of stuff that have all these uh, different colors because it opened up the spectrum. But what was it before? Yes. I did, yeah, and uh, so he he crushed it. But anyway. no, what was it before? Oh, what was it before? Oh, yeah. sorry, my bad. So I people that because a lot of people that are listening, they're of an age that they're ah. gonna go. Oh yeah, uh -huh. but, I mean, what I don't know. Sure, like, whatever. My, so made... Blue LED. I mean, what the fuck? Like, um... <laughs> so we've all heard of RGB, or most of us should have, right? So we've got red, blue, green. Right. That's old school connectivities of like your Xbox or your PS5. All that stuff. The PS5 yeah. even comes with those anymore. There's no, some TVs so. that still do have that RGB. Yeah. But they're, but they're becoming very few and far between. Exactly. And so that was the only way we could make all the different colors in the spectrum. Right. Prior to that, we only had the red and the green. So old electronics, like from back in the day, like when I was a kid, when you were a kid, you know, if you turn it on, it was always like a little red light that turned on. Never a different color. Always just a red light. You and so computers clock. back in the day were... Same thing. Mono, mono color. Yeah, just one color. And that was it. That's all we had. There was no fancy nothing, you know? Did you have the floppy disk? Or are you, are you? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, man. Okay, you're old enough for the floppy disk? Yeah, had the floppies. And then they went to the smaller one, the, the hard mm -hmm. ones, the zip drives mm -hmm. and shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. That was back at Oregon Trail, and there was this like pixelated, like character that would go around with this. Yeah, I don't know. Oregon yeah, Trail, yeah. absolute <laughs> best. Somebody's yeah, got to yeah. remake that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I when I was, what was I? Maybe fourteen, maybe uh, twelve or fourteen, around there. My dad, uh, he had an Apple IIe, and he was doing some programming stuff, and then he was teaching me at the time how to build this like game. I say game, but it was one of those like uh, you'd use the arrow keys. And so it was like, do you want to go left or right? You'd be like, right. Mm -hmm. And then it would have another sentence. And it was like, you've encountered a bear. And you're like, exactly. Left. You know, this is Oregon Trail. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, shit. OK. That, that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly what you did. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> okay. it was just like extremely pixelated block 
right? Whether Man. it was a, could be a character, it could be, you know, if you got that little whatever that thing that they pulled behind horses or whatever. I don't know. Oh, the, the schooner. We call them schooners here because of the schooners. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't it's got know. a name, but I don't know what yet. Yeah. Uh, oh, Horse geez. and trolley? Buggy? No. You know, then we got what Atari, and you could yeah. go to a little Long. bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but still only the same color, right? Yeah, exactly. And then was it pitfall? Uh, where pitfall. you would jump and grab onto that digitized rope and go over like oh, the alligators. Shit, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that's wild, man. Holy shit. Okay, that's going back now. But uh so, yeah, but damn. Was, I I but saw it thing. as orange, but it was probably what red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you see some colors like uh oh massive. About that before? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have qualities in my my gift that are great, and then other qualities in my mind that I'm like, yeah, colorblind. Uh, all this other stuff that goes on, and it's like, oh. but yeah, I always thought it was orange, but yeah, it's probably yeah, yeah, red. but exactly, but it was all like monocolor, just one. That was it, and so there was a huge race at the time to to make blue LEDs, and everyone knew like if if we open this up, it's going to transform the industries in ways you can't even imagine, and industries plural, like think of it, everything gets impacted, right? And um, so sure enough, this guy works tirelessly on it. He makes a blue LED, but it's not super powerful. So he's like, okay, we got to, you know, fine tune it, stuff like that, but that's going to cost money. So convinces his boss, they finally make it. And man, they paid him like $158 for the patent or something like that. Uh, but he got to keep his job and he was making like 60,000 a year. So he was really happy, you know, 158 bucks for the patent. Yeah. And then they went on to do like $20 billion in three years or something like that. Something ridiculous. And uh, anyway, so he sued and he said, you know, I, I wanted more money. So he sued for like 20 million. They ended up settling for 8 million after like a year and a half of court battles and it barely covered his uh, legal fees. So he ended up basically with nothing again, but he did get the recognition and notoriety that he was the guy. Excuse me. So that was a plus because it led him into further job opportunities. Uh, where he continued that stuff, they improved it. Uh, working with another company, they ended up doing like a hundred billion dollars or something. And then they made UV ones as well, um, which can do like uh, kill viruses and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, so you got to think like how many industries would have been impacted by this? Like everything from man, you got LED TVs, like everything, right? And it all stems Dude, air purifiers. When you say that is yeah, air purifiers. You got either it's built in or a button that shoots a UV light that. Supposed to help it, kill bacteria. Exactly. Yeah. And the, man, it's in everything. Like I've got one in my truck. Um, if there, if the vents detect there's like smog or pollution or something in the air, the vents will shut and then it, it runs UV light and kills anything that might come in the cabin. That's you know awesome. I mean? like, it's fucking wild, you know, <laughs> but it's all thanks to this, this Japanese guy, you know, uh, who didn't really get too much recognition. However, he was relentless perseverance. As we've talked about before, that was one of your words on a previous episode to persevere and not give up uh, but all of this to say i went down this whole rabbit hole and it got me thinking about human beings and their relationships with failure and when we go to school like when we're kids right you try so much shit you know you you jump off this or you touch that see how it feels or you just do you're not scared to try things you just do stuff and so those are probably your most innovative years, really, you know, you're learning how to walk, learning how to talk, like those are massive skills, you know what I mean? And so you're learning all these things and it's because you're just trying things. You're not scared to fail. You're just like failure is just part of the process. Right. Uh, but then we go to school 
and they indoctrinate us and they put us in the mindset of, you know, you have to be reliably functional. You have to, you know, like your worth is now determined by how few. You have to be able to process this data. and Exactly. And, and yeah. do it without error, you know? Mm-hmm. And so your whole life, your whole value becomes, I have to do this and I have to do it this way. And that's why I think we see in this industry, a lot of people that they buy into these things, like they buy into territories or they buy into a brand where it's, uh, this is the way that things have to be done this way. And you got to follow these steps and these rules and everything, and you can't break them. And you got to, you know, yep, it's a lifetime coding and just, just roll with it. And there's no fucking critical thinking anymore because people are so scared to fail that they're just putting their success in someone else's hands. And they're like, Oh yeah, their plan's going to work because you know, they see them as successful or something. So let me just follow that train like a pack of sheep or something, you know? And I think we have to really take a deep look at our relationship with failure, because if we don't, you're at risk of just being complacent. And like, like even this guy here that we just talked about, he's looking at his business and he's like, how can I change my business to be possibly the most expensive in town? That could ultimately maybe lead to failure. A lot of. And it's awesome that he at least is thinking. How do I get, he needs something. Yes. So he's going, how do I get that? Exactly. And so, you know, you have to take risks. You have to try and fail. And that's what makes us true entrepreneurs. Right. But in that, to your point, in a sense is how many people would go and try to start something and, he's trying to start something and then run into some roadblocks down the road. And yeah, like, eh, didn't because work I didn't make an A, I didn't make a B, mm-hmm. you know, to your point about schooling and the way we're almost in a sense groomed by then, you know, not only just schooling, but then these other companies and the way people are doing that, like there is a part of society that is, Hey, just, just do the, you know, if you, you do this, yeah. this, and this, you'll you'll be good. Listen, yeah. you find that in religion. Ah, that's true. You yeah. don't want to go there, do you? But hey, we're off the clock, might as well. Hey. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you perform these things, <laughs> then yeah, you're paved your way to heaven. You know? Yeah, and it's fire uh, insurance. Yeah, it's true, and and that's where I think that being being self employed, being an entrepreneur. Uh, being in business um, involves a lot of risk, but I think it, it's more calculated risk a lot of the time. And sometimes that calculation needs to be, what have I got to lose if I do go all in on this? You know, like when I started Orvis X, there were hundreds of CRMs already, hundreds of them, you know, there, now there's even fucking thousands of them. You know what I mean? Are they all good? No. Do they all do what Orvis X does? No, absolutely not. People told me in the beginning, what are you doing? Just use, you know, X, Y, Z, and then merge it with this platform and that platform and this and that. And I was like, holy shit. And if I had listened to them, our shop wouldn't have grown to the level it did. I guarantee it. But I said, no, you know what? I'm going to lock myself in a room. I'm going to build this, even though everyone's telling me I'm crazy and I'm just going to do it. And then there you go. And there were some failures along the way. Absolutely. There were some mess ups or slip ups. Yeah, of course, things happen, you know, but that's why I've been able to surpass a lot of the other industry specific CRMs is because I didn't play it safe. You know, I said, no, let me think outside the box and just go for it. And uh, we do the same at our shop though. So we got this new guy, Will great guy. He started and we've got him doing random shit uh, because we 
even though we have certain bays and we have people that specialize in certain things, we want to make sure that everybody can do at least a decent job of every one of our services. Because if someone calls in sick or someone gets fired or someone, you know, one of our guys, unfortunately, his son had to have a heart surgery and, and we had to fly him to Toronto and stuff. And so while he was gone, people had to fill his shoes, you know. And so it was last minute, unexpected, not his fault. Someone had to, the jobs still have to get done. So we had to have other people fill his shoes. So because we've allowed people to make mistakes, they're able to do it. So like two days ago, Will changed the windshield. First time in his life. Never did it before. Now, did we let him do it alone? Absolutely fucking not. You know what I mean? He worked with people, but we had him work with our other techs so he can learn how to do it. And the only way to really do that, I can't get him to sit down and watch a movie or a documentary. Like, this is how you change a windshield. You know what I mean? He's got to actually be in it and make mistakes. He's got to do it. And then two days later, he's back to washing cars. He's changed batteries in cars. Like He's doing all kinds of stuff. Whatever we need done, we get him to do it. And that way he can just seamlessly integrate in the team, right? And um, that guy from IBM, Watson, Thomas Watson, um, he was once quoted saying there was an employee of his at the time, and this was back in like the 50s. So think of how much money this is. $600,000. There was a mistake that one of the employees made in, in like the 50s or 60s. I don't even know what that is today. Four million, maybe something like that. Made a huge mistake. But at the time, 600000 they interviewed him and they said, so the employee that caused that problem, the $600,000 problem at IBM, so are you going to fire him? And he said, fire him? I just spent $600,000 training. When you think about that, it's like, it's 600 grand. If that happens at my shop, you're probably fired. However, <laughs> but you got to think the mindset there is what's important. And that's what we need to have as entrepreneurs, true entrepreneurs. It's that mindset that, Everything that happens in your business, success or fail, is going to be a learning experience of some kind. You're going to learn something from it. You're getting data from it. That also means your employees, too. As they make mistakes and you allow them to make mistakes, you allow them to try things with the chance of making a mistake, the further your entire organization is going to go. Now, you can control mistakes to some degree, but you do have to also let go of the reins and let people kind of have some you know, free reign of it, too, I think. And so that's where... I gave a lot of thought this uh, past weekend after I saw that documentary and I started thinking about failure. And I was like, that's where I think our, our mindsets need to shift to is changing our, the way we look at failure and, and how that works. Um, so one last thing I want to touch on, and then I'll kick it over to you, Marty, is that, uh, so another thing down the rabbit hole, when I was thinking about failure and I'm going through all these different videos of this and that, um, the Rolex store, I didn't even know this, but they have this concept now of a wait list where you don't just go in and buy a Rolex. You go in and you buy onto a wait list and then they have a readiness questionnaire and you, you fill that out and it gets you, you know, basically on this list. And then when that watch becomes available to your time on the wait list, they message you and you have three days in which to make that purchase. So that's the part of the readiness questionnaire is you've got to be ready to pull the trigger when this thing's ready, because if not, we're skipping over you and going down the, the wait list to the next person. And then you're going to have to wait another six months, maybe seven months until you're back up on, you know, the, the next number. Um, so they've done this to create exclusivity and stuff like that, which we don't necessarily do that in our industry. I would say, you know, ceramic coating, we're not like, Oh, I've only got, you know, I'm only doing 10 ceramic coatings in the next, uh, next year. So, you know, you better buy in 20 grand a pop. <laughs> we don't really do. Well, some shops do <laughs> anyway, that's another story. Uh, but I think that the, the important takeaway for me was more the waitlist side of things where usually we think of waitlist, like at our shop, we have a waitlist for tint. 
if someone doesn't show up, we can put you on the wait list and then we'll call you. You've got a 30 minute notice. You can come in and you get a discount because you're coming last minute. Um, and then for us, we fill a space that would have gone empty. That's usually how we think of wait lists, right? There's the other side of things where you can check on demand in your market. So let's say you're not doing ceramic coating yet. You're just doing, you know, standard details, things like that. And you want to get into ceramic coating and you're about to send, you know, Mr. Marshall Hill a message and say, hey, I need to buy some product. Let's say that's the stage you're at right now, right? So what you want to do is find out the demand that's in your area before you start running ads and paying big bucks for, you know, Google ads and Facebook and so on and so forth. And you can do that in a few ways. And so my tip for today is to rethink how wait lists exist and think of them more as questionnaires that you can add people to a wait list without them even knowing that they're going on a wait list. And so let's say, for example, you're really big into Jeeps and you love Jeep culture. So you could start a group, for example, around Jeep culture and then you Absolutely. can communicating with people in the community and you can start asking. And we'll just be a part. There's plenty. You don't even have to create a new one. That's this true. It's out there. There's yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is what we love. love everybody that comes and talks to us about products. And I'd listen, being a, the biggest mistake of most detailers is they don't also then offer a product. Yeah. I mean, you have to become a distributor. Have to. Yeah. Have yeah. to, if you want to go next level. Yes, that's a good point. Stay that's at the good. steering wheel if you want. Stay there if you want to. Hey, hey, you, attacked. <laughs> if you want to go next level, that is part of it. Yeah, 100%. Is offering products to people. So, yes, absolutely. Go to hypercleanstore.com and go to the contact and send in a thing about distribution. Let's have a discussion, at least yeah, a discussion absolutely. about what it does for you, your business and your customers, like, yeah. and, and your area. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And that, that's one way that you, in terms of the, the discussion we had earlier about becoming the most expensive shop in town and instead reframing it as becoming the shop that offers the most quality. That's one aspect of quality is being able to service mm -hmm. your customers needs in all aspects, not just at your shop, but Hey, you want to also, you know, maintain your vehicle at home as well. That's part of it. Right. So, and, and if anybody is curious about, well, why should you choose one company over the other when it comes to distribution? I just want to go in through this out there, right? Like just mm. throw a hat out in the ring, as they That's say. That's a good question, though. Yeah. Is, well, let's just ask of ownership to even down to management to even down to sales reps mm. of, let's just start at who's actually been in the industry how to detail shop, be able to work with you on some of that stuff. That's one aspect. That's one level. But then how many of them have actually been in distribution? How many of them grew a distribution company that then they used those funds to build a national brand? Yeah. You got to think, if I wanted to get into distribution, two, three, working think, with a company that... I can grow a distribution company would be ideal because then it's like, okay, what are parts of the formula that I would need to know? There's only so many people that are going to be able to help you through all yeah. the problems and all the struggles. Yeah. And like I said, at the top of my head, I'm thinking three, two, I know three, maybe. And mm -hmm. now hyperclean's one of them. I, I don't know if anybody else has done what I've done, you know? Yeah. So I have no problem. That's not just an off the clock thing. Like, 
I can look at any ownership around and go, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, you know, me, as you Jeremy know, Jeremy at Shine Supply is about the only other person I can look in the eye and 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 say that. Mm-hmm. You know, because he did uh, McGuire's, which he still does, yeah. and he gained a lot of his funds off of being a McGuire's car wash distributor. Yeah, so yeah. that's how he gained a lot of his stuff, which allowed him to build out all good. Uh, I don't know if. Uh, there was there was another that was trying to pop in my head, maybe, but I don't think he ever did distribution. And that is, uh, shoot, what's that guy? Can't think of his. I can't think of his company name. But when I when I think back to his story, it was just detailer to chemical distribution okay. and actually selling a product to somebody else. It is a. It's a whole different. It's a whole different world. Yeah. Uh, that coexist but yeah. it's it's also like uh come on we 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 love the shows where at least i do i mean geez i don't know i watched uh guardians <laughs> of the galaxy again this weekend okay yeah yeah yeah. one and two and you know the best is when they're warping through all the different areas and they they show the different characters going like rah, 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 right <laughs> like i mean you can coexist, but there's a lot of warping in between and a lot of, yeah. you know, to be able to help somebody grow a distribution. I, I just, I really, I don't, they are I don't different know anybody else that has actually done yeah. it. Yeah. Actually done that. And that's, that's, that's our story. That's what we did. That's what yeah. my company has done. Absolutely. And that's where it, it becomes something that like, I, I don't know it necessarily from the detailing side because I, you know, haven't, had your journey, for example, but like we have a cell phone store and so we do uh, residential side. So for customers, you know, they come in broken phones or they need, you know, I need 10 lines set up, whatever. But then we also have the wholesale side of things where we distribute uh, devices and we do that in three different countries. And so it's uh, getting that stuff set up. Like my experience there is it's, it's definitely, it's like a different world. It's a, uh, yeah, that, that was a great way to put it, actually, with the warping. <laughs> that resonated quite well. But, but yeah, it's it's very much different. Well, even, you know, if I think about it, like how I operate my shop. And then, you know, I've, I've coached some people along on how they can run their shop. But then with Orbis X, the questions and stuff that I get from members, like it's, it's wildly different because there's guys that like they're mobile only. And they're like, yeah, I'm only open four months of the year. And, and they're like, can you give me some advice? And I'm like. Oh man, that's a completely different world. Like it's uh like I don't know. Like I stay open more. Like I don't know why you only open four months. But you know, it's just it's like man, like you see so many different spectrums of things, and so that's that's what I can see. You would have seen with distribution is that you're dealing with so many different markets, especially on a national level. Like you're dealing with different markets, different businesses, different uh, you know everything. That's uh, that advice right there is invaluable to be able to have like someone like yourself to talk to. And that's where even things like this, like doing the the podcast, like what other companies out there? Like, you know, you're not getting paid for this. You're doing this to help people. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's one of those things where what other companies are you going to just get free advice? And like, man, these guys, they could sign up to be a distributor and then be like, hey, Sean and Marshall, uh, I'm into distributing. Can you talk about XYZ next week? All right. And we'll talk about it. You know I, I mean, mean- you get That's to the level of distribution, you need a really good CRM, don't you? Yeah, oh, 1,000%. <laughs> yeah, 
Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reminder always. on, hey, you've you've probably used all your foam wash, you've probably used all your slick, you know, like mm -hmm. hey, you know, here's a here's a reason to get back in to to get some more product. Absolutely. And on that note, uh coming this summer, uh, I know for sure by summer it's gonna be ready. We're gonna have something pretty amazing that's gonna help out with distributors of hyperclean. I mean, let me put it that way. We're in the middle of a big server switch right now. Once that's finished, then Jeff and I are going to finalize some pieces for that. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a game changer for a lot of you guys. Absolutely. But, oh. uh, yeah. Community, man. Fuck yeah. Community. Uh -huh. So, so I want to build off of last week for me. All right. Build off of that story and build off of that moment where it got a little, I, I didn't really explain everything too well. I think my <laughs> mind just kind of went a little crazy. Um, but can you put yourself into a different situation? Can you put yourself into the role of something? Can you, if we understand that we have, right, which was, goes back to that different emotions, different, right. And I think I said all that yeah. to, to kind of combat the people that would go like, but that's not me. And that was 2000 years ago. I'm like, okay, yeah. if you're that guy, like you got to understand you have different, different parts of yourself and you, you can, in a sense, start to separate some of them and look at specific yeah. things that you're wanting to get to the next level, man. Mm -hmm. Right. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a cost. There's a yeah. cost to this. And one of those costs was what we talked about last week was hard work. Yeah. Okay. A thousand percent. You can also just keep working hard, hard, hard and getting nowhere. Yep. You can tread water for a long time. Oh yeah, and you just can keep swinging the hammer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But really, where are you going? Are you getting to the next level? All right, you can grind mm. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> are sure you is. getting to the next level? Mm. And it, I want to say, and it's a little bit of what we kind of talked about a second ago about this question that the guy asked, and I don't want to say it's you, you got to understand that in order to be at this level, you need to think on this level. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know how to do that. What is this so confusing? You just told me last week to work. Like, okay. <laughs> so when you're working, you also have to be thinking about yeah. working on another level and like, Oh gosh, I don't, how's this even happen? It, the way it came to me this week was my wife wants a new house. Mm. <laughs> hey, it's not a great time in the market and the industry and everything. Yeah. Like, economy and all, but okay. Like, yeah. it, it will happen, right? Like, yeah, yeah. she wants it. It's going to so happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's going to happen. That's why I ended up in this house. That's it. <laughs> For me, it hasn't happened yet because I didn't see myself there. Okay, yeah. I enjoy my house. Yeah, I, yeah. I built it a long time ago, and I put things into it, and the way I did stuff, it was because that's what I enjoyed. So I, I haven't really put myself in the mindset, or I haven't envisioned myself yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the other day, I was tying my shoe. No, right? <laughs> but sit in my chair, I'm leaning down, 
tying my shoe. I'm looking at my floor. Yeah. And so I go, oh, you know, what if we had, and then what happened? Now your mind. Like, yes. So it's almost like this. And this is what I love about Apple's new VR. Mm -hmm. They really honed in on the ability to see in the VR as well as see what else is going on in the world. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You go watch a YouTube and this is where they show it's really wild. I have not yet got one, so I can't comment on the actual, but I've just watched people to explain it, you know, and then they'll put like the camera in there and they're trying to show like, it's really cool to, yeah, yeah. to have inside of the screen things. But then they say, if somebody walks up, you can actually start to see them. And then there's a part of it where you can, now you can visually see them and you see yeah. some of their characteristics as well as what you're seeing here in the, the VR. Yeah. Now, take that idea to bending down to tie your shoes and looking at floors. Mm. And I go, huh, I want this floor. Yeah. So even though and you're I, looking I, at I what's in front of you, you're also seeing. Yeah. And I start going, okay, what about when I'm tying my shoe, I have this really nice, there's specific wood that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. In some people's house where I go, man, I'd always love to have that. That's a, just a good looking wood floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I envisioned my, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't like I forced myself. It was like that character walked up in the, the, the YouTube video about Apple explaining that. And it just did like, it just starts happening in your subconscious. To where then you can go, hey, I'm tying my shoe, but then what would it look like if I'm tying my shoe next to this wood floor? Next to then the next thing I want to see is this giant, big tiled, like. Yeah. And, and so then I start seeing the that. Yeah. Right. And then I start seeing the other things in the house that I want to be. And now what am I doing? I'm implanting things in my mind that in our subconscious will play out. The same yeah. as the guy that I talked about. Hey, if, if you don't really believe that you have high quality products it's gonna come out in your subconscious yeah and people will just know it's like a, yeah it's true the same then why you've got to implant into your subconscious the great things that you want the great things that you do have or the products that right for that maybe it's okay i want to envision getting a high quality product yeah. we've done it with wine right like we talk about this what how much do you spend on wine? I mean, we started at $10, $12 for a bottle of wine because we didn't know what we were doing. And there's no way we were going to spend all this big stuff, right? But to figure yeah, yeah. out what we wanted. But as we've grown into the style of wine that we like, we begin to spend a little bit more per bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now my wife almost doesn't even drink. And this is as Brazilian, <laughs> not drinking beer. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she is almost... Fine-tuned yeah. herself to, we found these 25 or plus dollar, some in the 20. We've got a couple of them that we pick and choose from, you know, when this store or that store. And it's like starting to find these wines that are really now hitting our palate. And what would it be like? And we said this, hmm, what's it going to be like to buy that 200? I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. $200 for a bottle of wine. I, I get it. And I still yeah. never, I don't really anticipate having, but this was the envisioning part with her. Yeah, yeah. We have a house that has a cellar yeah. that has a built-in wine cabinet. Right. 100%. So we're starting to piece together what we want. And then we will work hard to get there. Get there. Exactly. Right. Is this how you set a goal? I, you know, people are always like, set a goal. And you will go, okay. Yeah. For me, it's it's envision. Yeah, as opposed to saying, I think you set myself, a mindset. I've got to put myself there so yeah. I'll really know in my subconscious what I want. And then yeah. I have zero issues working hard. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I have a problem with so many people saying and putting up with bullshit. Let's just working hard doesn't necessarily mean how hard you scrub the carpet or, uh, you know, how how your skill set of polishing paint. That's not necessarily working hard. It's true. It's not. Yeah. You can you, you can pay somebody twenty bucks an hour, thirty bucks an hour, or forty bucks an hour to do that. It's true. Yeah. The it's hard true. work actually comes into envisioning things. And then putting up with the bullshit that it takes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's a big one. <laughs> it's, that's you, know, big one. It, you know, when it comes to like the working hard thing versus like working smart and working in a just better frame of mind and, and towards your actual goals. My mom always said it best when I was a kid because uh, my mom was always the business one. My dad was he was a high school teacher. And so he was more just the, the nine to five kind of thing. My mom was always self-employed. And uh, she used to always tell me when I was first starting getting into business, she said, listen, one thing you have to remember is not everything cooks best with high heat. Mm. And I was like, huh? Like, I didn't really understand until like problems started happening where I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to work an extra, you know, tomorrow I'm going to work 18 hours instead, you know, and that'll that'll make the job better, you know, and it, it, it grinding hard didn't necessarily equate to a better lifestyle, to more revenue. To a better business it that wasn't the formula something was missing you know and uh, there's people that grind and make a decent business but they don't necessarily mean they're happy and it doesn't mean the business is where it could be or should be if they work differently and i think that's that's the thing is when you say like not everybody wants to get to the next level those that do you really do have to put yourself in that mindset a lot of and people enjoy the grind do. they celebrate it's the true. grind Some they people, brag yeah. <laughs> about the grind and i've seen good. that yeah so, no issues there so you enjoy the grind so stay grinding yeah but a grinder's but, not the next level guy no definitely not definitely not and that's where like even me like i put in a lot of work with orbis x but the goal was eventually have people come in and do the parts of the business that i don't enjoy or don't excel at you know and have them take over those pieces in the beginning it was a project. It was just, uh, okay, I'm going to take on all the roles because I don't know what this thing is yet or where it's going. But then as I said, okay, well, I, I see the next level where I want to be, where I want the company to be. That means I have to bring in certain people. That means I have to delegate certain things. And it also means I have to change the things that I do throughout a day. You know, That's and all the so, bullshit, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and that's where, man, and it's, like there's there's days that are harder than others, and there's days that are just wonderful. You we know? call it bullshit because it's not the things you really love to do. Yes, exactly. It's in the 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 fuck it column. <laughs> Can you eat shit? Yeah. Can you deal with bullshit? Yeah. Long enough to really achieve what you want. 
Exactly. And sometimes you got to, you know, stick it out. Sometimes you got to just uh, be in the, you know, the trenches or like deal with some shit you don't want to deal with. It's kind of like when we started Auto World. My wife and I were down there cleaning cars. And at the time, like we were independently wealthy. We didn't have to work. And a lot of our friends looking at us like, what are you guys doing? Why are you guys cleaning cars? You know, you're like cleaning someone's vomit from Saturday night out of a vehicle, you know? And there's me and my wife and like, you know, she's far prettier than I am. And she's down there, you know, like just got her nails done. She's still in there cleaning. And it was... Oh, man, you got that wave going up there. You're getting there. <laughs> Looking good. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I'm doing my thing. But thanks. <laughs> it's, it's the bison vodka. That's what it is. It's a... It's coming out of my pores. <laughs> but the, so the bison piss. Um, so we, uh, you know, we were down there working our asses off, though. But it wasn't because we saw what the business was that day. Everyone that came there, they saw, oh, you don't even have a sign. The the inside's not even painted. Oh, there's not even a, a thing on the wall to, like, hang mats. And there's not this and there's not that. They saw everything that wasn't there. Because for them, what they saw was just a job. They saw a grind. What we saw was a vision. We could already see multiple bays, staff just moving around like bumblebees, everybody working together, you know, just a buzz going on. We could see that from that empty building. And a lot of other people came in there and they, they didn't see it. And there were some people that in the beginning we took on and we said, listen, you, you can manage this whole place. You could be the, the boss. You could run everything. We're going to step back and you manage employees and stuff. And, oh, thanks. This is a great opportunity. And they they pissed it away because they didn't share that same vision of what it was going to be. They saw what was today. And so they were like, fuck this company. That's all it's going to be. And so then two months later, they move on to something else and everything. And now those same people submitted resumes again. It's like, no, you had your shot. Thanks. No. He said, if I couldn't make you smile back then, I'm not going to make you smile today. You know what I mean? And so we just move on. But we saw that vision because we put ourselves in that mindset. And so that's where it, it takes a certain type of person sometimes, but sometimes it just takes you turning yourself into that person that, you know, says, okay, where do I see myself going? Where do I, where do I truly want to go? It's, it's really an honest conversation with yourself and then just saying, okay. And then you got to believe it and say, okay, fuck. So I want that new house with the new floors, you know? So what do I have to do to get there? That's when you start to work hard. But it's not grinding because to me, grinding is purposeless in a sense. Like it's just you're just spinning your wheels, you're grinding mm -hmm. your gears. You know, you're just trying to Exactly. Yeah. But if you're climbing, that's where you see the vision. Bingo. You see the steps you have to take and you're calculating. Mm -hmm. OK, I got to step here first, then here, then here. You might slip and fall down a few steps, but you know where you're going. So as long as you're confident and your compass is pointed in that direction, nothing's going to stop you. Absolutely. It's a great way of saying it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. There we go. See, that's what happens when you drink bison piss. <laughs> <laughs> See? Commercial right there, baby. That's <laughs> mm. it truly is delicious though. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, word Can for it. Canadians, you know. I don't need some bison screwed them in my mouth. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just the tip. <laughs> it's fine just to see how it feels <laughs> oh jesus man. well he's in the backyard still waiting for you sean so i guess uh, i better let you yeah. go gotcha. yeah, thanks, yeah i gotta go milk a cow see
<laughs> well, appreciate you as always, Marty. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. Uh, definitely take them up on that offer, man. Reach out, sign up yeah. to be a distributor. That's how you can get to start to put yourself in that mindset of uh, where to go next. Uh, I don't partner with many people, as you know. And so by me continuously working with Marshall and also, you know, um, Hyperclean Car Care products, there, there's a reason behind that. And uh, absolutely. So yeah. we do have some big things coming without giving away too much. Um, there will be the opportunity for everyone that's involved in the Orbis X project to become a distributor of some kind, at the very least, to be able to resell products to your customers and have a full-blown shopping cart experience built in automatically, or I should say, automagically for you. Uh, <laughs> pretty awesome. <Remember? laughs> See? It's the bison nice. pit, man. I'm telling it's you. It's the bison pit. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, my God. Okay, on that note, I'm going to go get some ice. But <laughs> I'll see you next week. Appreciate you. Community. The community. Cheers. See you.